Pride Month. June is what is known, you know, I would say in the Western world, it's not like a universal thing, according to some of my research. But, you know, in the Western world, June is what is known as Pride Month, the celebration of LGBTQT lifestyle. So what is the definition of this? Well, this is a definition slash uh, article from wikipedia.org. Make sure to donate. <laughs> yes, so gay pride. And again, this is from Wikipedia. Gay pride or LGBT pride is the promotion of the self-affirmation, dignity, equality, and increased visibility of lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgendered, transgender LGBT people as a social group. Pride, as opposed to shame, social stigma, is the predominant outlook that bolsters most LGBT rights movements. Pride has lent its name to LGBT-themed organizations, institutes, foundations, book titles, periodicals, and cable TV stations, and the Pride Library. The Pride Library? What kind of books are in them library, you know? I don't know. Ranging from solemn to carnivalesque. <laughs> Pride events are typically held during LGBT Pride Month or some other period that commemorates a turning point in a country's LGBT history. For example, Moscow Pride in May for the anniversary for Russia's 1993 decriminalization of homosexuality. Some Pride events include LGBT Pride parades and marches, rallies, commemorations, community days, dance parties, and festivals. Yeah. Yes, so it's a celebration of um, the increased visibility of lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgendered people. And it's to self-affirm and add dignity and equality to these groups that have been traditionally marginalized. Now, if you check on if you check out on my channel again under JR the Peace Snips, I'll post a link. Um, I did a video on um, you know some of my thoughts and opinions on gay culture and conversion therapy. It's a nice little um, account of some of my thoughts and beliefs and, you know, I guess um, still some of, my some of my unanswered questions around an LGBT lifestyle, you know? So check out that link, you know? Um, basically, 
I see homosexuality and everything under that umbrella, the LGBT and also Q, meaning queer, um, banner. I see that all as a behavior. I don't see that as a personally defining aspect of a person. Now, I understand there have been many cases of violence and discrimination against people that identify that way. I see it as a behavior. I see it as an alternative lifestyle. Sexual behavior and nothing more. That's how I see it. And it's... If you check out my video that um, I linked that I linked up to you. I recall in my past, I'd gone through some, th some things, some things in my life, you know, um, I was very much ruled by um, women, you know, like, like any young man, myself, I was very needy of a woman's relationship. I wanted to be with the woman and whether it be just a sexual encounter or a relationship, I was very needy for a woman. And when, once I went through the things I had to go through and I, and I had some time to meditate and reconnect with God, you know, and gain some sobriety, I'm a recovering alcoholic. And again, that's not really who I am. It's just what happened. I was turned away from God, my higher power. And, um, you know, I was just servant to my baser needs, so to speak. But once I reconnected with my higher power and got some sobriety, I started to see that, you know, I'm not quite an alcoholic. I mean, you can call me that if you want, but that's just what I became. That's the spirit that overtook me. I was turned away from God and my fellow man. And all these base sexual desires that I had that had nothing to do with family, that had nothing to do with legitimate intimacy with, you know, a wife. All that, it went away. And I consider myself a normal person. I'm still very much attracted to women. I still can see a woman and see, see, see the beauty in her and you know, the sexuality, it's actually kind of disturbing. Sometimes when I see like, um, you know, like Instagram models or like video vixens popping and twerking and shaking, it's kind of a disturbing look, honestly. Like I see, yeah, you're a very shapely woman. You're a very attractive woman, but you're just drenched in ego and narcissism and they're capitalist to the max. They're out for themselves. They're cunning, conniving, like... They're, they're in hell. I don't see that as something that I want. And I'm not bound by that sexual need to be with a woman. Because it's all ego. In my opinion. Again, this is my opinion. I believe that casual sex, meaningless sex outside of a marriage is basically 50% ego. It's 50% the own person's ego. My own ego in, um, you know... I want to be desirable. I want to feel desired by a sex partner. 
and I want to get mine while I can, and I'm consumed by my own needs and wants, and I want to be affirmed by the world and society, you know? It's all ego. You ever see people that, like, brag about their sexual encounters? Oh, you know, this girl keeps calling me, she just keeps calling, calling me, and oh, these women are all after me. Same thing with women, you know? Oh, these men, they're always after me. They, I mean, men just want me. All these guys are always after me. The gay community consumed with their sexual encounters. It's all ego, in my opinion. So 50% ego, 40% is trying to appease the other person's ego. Yes, yes, whatever you want, whatever, whatever you want. You're beautiful. I love you. I need you. What do you want me to tell you? Like, what will, what do I have to say to you to get you to fuck me? What do I have to say to you to get you to be with me? Yes, let me appease your ego. Let me stroke your ego. And then the last 10% of it is the actual sex act. <laughs> How long does that last? You know, five to 20 minutes. You know, how long does it really last when you're fucking casual fucking? What does it mean? It's meaningless. It's a, it's a 10, it's like a 10 minute act that consumes your mind. You know what I mean? So that's my breakdown of what sexual, sexuality basically is. It's 50% ego, 40% trying to serve the other person's ego. And the last 10% is the physical act of sex, the, the feeling of sex. It's just ego outside of a marriage. So when I learned that about myself and I had that opinion about myself, I started to wonder, well, what's really going on in the gay community? What's going on with anybody really? You know, they... They, they have these heavy definitions of what their sexuality means to them when, it, when it's really nothing. It's, you're just twisted up in your ego. I'm as normal as anybody, I would like to think. And where I was once consumed by sexual lust, I still have a sexual drive, but I'm not ruled by it. It's not a defining factor. I don't need it like I used to. Right? And when I look at it, I look at, at it in a sense of utility. Utility. Wife and kids. That makes sense. Otherwise, what's the point? So, I do question that. In general, because... Any sexual consumption outside of the marriage of a man and wife, I mean, it's pretty self-serving and it's just sexual lust, is it, is it not? Anything. I'm talking about even just a heterosexual couple, casual dating between, you know, a man and a woman. You know, like, you know, these players out there or these, you know, man-eaters, these women out there that bouncing from relationship to relationship. It's meaningless. It's all ego. So anyway, that's my little diatribe. Do hit me up with your opinion. jr.thepodcast at gmail.com You know, like, what 
what value does sex really even have? You know? When we're young, you know, in our youth, you know, coming up through puberty, up through our 20s, the youth phase, youth is generally what? Teenager to 29, right? From your teens to the age of 29 is generally youth. So in your youth, it's very consuming and it seems like it's all-encompassing and it's so defining and you need it. Sex, heterosexual sex, homosexual sex, bisexual sex, sex, we need sex. But if you take a moment, consider what's motivating, what's ruling you. I think a lot of people will find, and it was certainly the case for me, that a lot of it is ego, meaningless, self-serving, and utility. Utility is the more common sense, healthy approach. And it's so easy to get twisted up with that, with media, society, societal norms, you know? It's not normal for men and women to be sleeping around with each other. It's not normal for women and women to be sleeping around with each other. It's not normal for men and men to be sleeping around with each other. These things aren't normal. But we're consumed with our egos and these base lusts and behaviors. And that's all they are. Lust and behaviors. And they're very similar heterosexual, homosexual, it's, it's all really the same spirit. Hit me up, jr.thepodcast at gmail.com. Like, what do you think about these behaviors? You know? So, you know, in celebration of Pride Month, um, what I relate to is, you know, hey, I also was consumed by my sexual passions at one point. I was like a mediocre lover. I... I could get a woman's interest pretty easily, but I could never really close the deal. I was a bit of a buffoon, drunken bum, you know? So I was pretty average in my lovemaking and, you know, wasn't shaking the earth, you know what I mean? But you know, I was caught up in it myself as well. And the parallel that I see between, um, <laughs> I guess, like, you know, the straight man and the homosexual man is... Just that need for sex, that ego, I need to get it. You know, male, whether you're a homosexual or you're a heterosexual, when you're turned away and you're consumed by your lusts, it's really the same perversion. And it's like, you need sex. <laughs> so that's like the parallel that I see between um, gay men and straight men. And <laughs> I got a couple funny stories, you know. Um, you know, bull queers. I think that's a technical term, isn't it? Bull queer. <laughs> Them bull queers, boy. They're scary. <laughs> you know, um, you know, I'm a comedian and I remember I had some joke. I don't even really remember it, you know, due to COVID-19. 
haven't really been on stage in a minute. But um, I remember like I, I had this one joke where it's like something about I was in a park and, you know, beautiful sunny day and I'm just sitting there enjoying the sunshine and the breeze and, and I'm smiling and I'm writing in my notebook, you know, how did the chicken cross the road? I don't know, to fuck another chicken. <laughs> I don't know, I'm writing some hack fucking jokes, right? Chilling out on a bench. All of a sudden, this bull queer just pops out from a bush. Big muscle-bound fucking, fucking bull queer. Just smiling at me. <sighs> Freddie Mercury? More like Freddie Mr. Universe. Holy moly, the size of this guy. <laughs> Getting taken over by a bull queer, you know? quite disturbing i don't know if there's really a joke in there i kind of forget where my point was with it but you know you gotta watch out for them bull queers boy maybe hanging out in bushes and shit i mean come on like and he's skulking around with his shirt off it was really intimidating you know i didn't appreciate it <laughs> how did i know he was a bull queer i don't know like i said um male perversion whether it be heterosexual homosexual it's the same lustful base desire you could tell when a you know like you know when someone's giving you the mustard you know giving you the eyes the googly eyes you know he's just staring at me pumping his chest up just staring at me I was like, easy buddy you know um i remember one time uh when i first moved to toronto i was living in uh a youth shelter not a shelter a hostel you know it's like a cheap hotel for youth travelers so you know it was this hostel hostel like a traveler's hostel i was living in this traveler's hostel and there was this big black guy he looked like uh samuel samuel L. jackson you know you motherfuckers <laughs> so his name was emmanuel and you know he was always like, yo, where are the bitches at? Want to go pick up some bitches? Yeah, you like bitches, don't you? Let's go Let's go get some bitches. So like, we were like, yeah, cool, I don't know, whatever, cool, you know. He wanted to go drinking and partying. So, you know, a couple times he went out and had beers, you know. It was a bunch of people living in this hostel. They lived together. Then one, one, one morning, one morning, I'm sitting on my bunk bed, right? It was a bunch of bunk beds in the men's shelter. Or sorry, the youth shelter. It's a bunch of these bunk beds. So I'm sitting on my bunk bed. I'm reading the newspaper. In comes Emmanuel. Like, How about them bitches last night, hey, player? I'm like, yeah. I don't even know what he was talking about, right? And he goes, he's looking at me, right? Are you up for life challenges? I was like, what? Life challenges, you know? Challenges to live, challenges to laugh, challenges to love. Then he put his hand on my foot. <laughs> I remember I just like folded my newspaper, climbed down from my bunk bed, walked the fuck out of the room. 
And that's the similarity between that I see between a lot of homosexuals and straight men when they're in that kind of lustful state where it's nothing for like I remember being in that situation where it was nothing for me to just approach a woman at the bar. Hey, baby, you want to do this? What? What's up? You're beautiful. Drunk, babbling on some nonsense at some woman, you know, completely inappropriate. A lot of gay guys, that's just how they get down as well. Just what in the fuck made him think to say that to me? I don't know. I'm reading a fucking newspaper, <laughs> right? I'm, I'm sitting on my bed. It's the middle of the day. I'm reading a fucking newspaper. You up for challenges to laugh, challenges to live, challenges to love. Giving me a fucking foot massage. I'm like, I'm out of here. I just left the room. <laughs> and then I switched rooms that very night. Then later in the week, I run into a buddy of mine. He was like this Aussie dude. I think his name was Lucas. I knew him briefly from the youth shelter. Hey there, mate. Holy fuck, did you hear what happened to me in a manual? I was like, what happened? Well, fuck me in a manual. We went out drinking the other night. And I come home and I go to take a piss in the pisser. And a manual tried to move in to the bathroom ahead of me. So I was like, all right, mate, you gotta take a piss, you gotta take a piss. So I let him go. But then he goes, hey then, hey, you wanna come and watch? The motherfucker asked me if I wanted to watch him piss. He's a real wanker. And I was like, yeah, I know, he tried to, I don't know, he tried to give me a foot massage or something. He asked me about, like, do I know how to live and laugh and love? And then he, like, stroked my foot. Then Lucas goes, well, what the hell, mate? Why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you give me the heads up? The motherfucker tried to molest me. <laughs> you know, it's, you know, <sighs> strangeness. I remember another time I was working on a film, a short film. And um, again, downtown Toronto, like uh, college, college in Spadina in the, you know, unit U of T, University of Toronto, Chinatown area, you know? So, you know, I'm doing this little short film and it's being shot in a pub, you know, this little pub. So, you know, we wrap shooting. We wrap uh, my scenes, the scenes that I had, we wrap them, but there's more to be done and more to be shot. But uh, the plan was for the cast and crew to hang out and drink later that night at the pub, right? All right, cool. So, you know, I'm hanging out, waiting for the, you know, rest of the shoot to finish. I go upstairs to the bathroom and take a piss. So I'm standing at the urinal. In walks this fucking brute. And he's just like, hey, how's it going? You guys are, what are you guys doing? You shooting a film? And I'm like, why is this guy talking to me while I'm pissing? Like, this is strange. But then again, it's not that strange. And I don't want to be homophobic. And, you know, like, I didn't really know what the situation was. I'm like, my mind was like, why is this guy talking to me while I'm taking a piss? But then I was like, well, this is the sort of behavior that happens in a locker room. Like I played, you know, I played like low level sports. I went to gym class. I mean, you know, sometimes I go, I go to the gym. You know, sometimes guys might 
you know, hey, what's up, buddy? And it's like start talking to you while you're taking a piss. It's really no big deal. It's not like he was watching me piss. He was like on the other side of the room while I was pissing. And I was just like kind of over my shoulder. I'm just like, ah, uh, yeah, 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 whatever. Yeah, we were shooting a film. Uh, you come here often? So why are you talking to me while I'm pissing? I'm just like talking to him over my shoulder. He's like, oh, cool. You're doing a film. That's cool. He's just talking at me and shit. Uh, I didn't want to be a homophobe or anything. Make a big deal about it. Make a big stink about it. Really, really no big deal. Kind of odd. But also, you know, sort of harmless. He, it's not like he was watching me piss. Not like I was pissing on him. No big deal. So then I go out to the bar and I'm drinking. And, you know, this is back in my drinking days, you know. I'm four plus years sober today, but you know, I go out to the bar and I'm, you know, I'm having a few beers, having a few brews and I start playing like big buck hunter, you know, like that video game where you like shoot antelope and deers and bucks and you know, broncos. So I'm like shooting these fucking deers and shit. And I'm like half in the bag, you know, I'm just, you know, drinking a beer, <laughs> you know, <laughs> fucking bucks, <laughs> fucking antelope. Here you send me to Sam, the most rootinest, tootinest, shootinest villain in the whole wild west. You filthy varmint. Come you send me to Sam. You know, playing big buck hunter. The guy waddles up to me again. He's just like, oh, hey, what's going on? You're, you're playing big buck hunter? I was like, yeah. He's like, do you mind if I pay for you to play a couple rounds? I got a couple loonies. So he's like paying for me to play Big Buck Hunter. He's like putting more loonies into the into the video game and putting more tokens into the video game. And he's chatting me up, and you know I'm I'm not thinking anything about it. I'm like, oh yeah, so yeah, come here often, do you? You like video games, Big Buck Hunter? No big fucking deal. And he was playing as well. You know, it was like a two player shoot 'em up arcade game. So later that night, I'm doing the jitterbug. I'm cutting loose. I'm busting loose on the dance floor. You know, had a couple drinks in me. And I meet this sweet young ting, you know, real dime. Oh, I don't know. Maybe she was more like a six. I was half in the bag. You know what I mean? <coughs> Drunk as a skunk. I meet this very fetching young woman. We decide. Let's get out of here, you know? So, you know, we get our coats. We get our shit calling a cab. We're standing out front. That guy walks up to me, the guy from the bathroom, the bathroom pisser, like the, the, the bathroom piss talker and the big buck hunter player comes up to me and he goes, Hey, what are you doing? I was like, yeah, I don't know, what does it look like I'm doing? <laughs> me and my date have another date. And he goes, well, what about us? <laughs> what about what about us? What the fuck are you talking about? He goes, I thought we had a connection, you know, in the bathroom and in the video games, you know, like I thought you were gay. I was like, <laughs> what? You mean the way you accosted me in the bathroom? Like I sobered up in a minute. I was like, <laughs> what? What do you mean? What about us? The way you accosted me in the bathroom? You just walked up and started talking to me, buddy. And then, you, again, you followed me to the video game machine. Like, there ain't nothing between us, dude. I was just being polite. <laughs> and 
that's what I relate to with the homosexual man is the desperation. <laughs> I've been that desperate too, where it's just like, I see things that aren't there. She loves me. She needs me. She wants me. What are you talking about? I thought we would be together forever. The desperation. It's just like, in his mind, this whole relationship between us had occurred when it's like, actually, no, you walked up to me in a bathroom. I was polite enough not to tell you to fuck off. Then you followed me out into the bar where I was playing video games. And then you started chatting me up and paying for my, uh, my video game tokens. And uh, it was just a friendly banter that I accepted out of civility. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. A desperation. <laughs> and, um, you know... I don't know. And, you know... A lot of times, that would happen. Where it's like... The assumptions... The assumptions that if you don't, if you're not like, well, that's the, that's the, the strange part because a lot of times, obviously a hate crime is a hate crime. Like to hate, to hate on anybody and beat on anybody is just a negative thing to, to throw expletives and to judge a person and to condemn a person and to just with your words, let alone physically assault somebody, obviously is a horrible thing. And it also raises the question, though, because sometimes when you're... when you don't portray a sense of disgust, I notice, as I say, the parallel between, like, as a straight man and towards the gay community... You know, if you like, you know, if a gay guy's smiling at you and you go and you smile back out of civility, all of a sudden, oh, that guy wants me. And they just make these assumptions. So that's my main point. It's when assumptions get made, you know, uh, that's the parallel I see a lot. The assumption that I should see things the way you see things. You should see things the way I see things. What is said by this is what I mean. And that's what you hear. And what you say is what I hear. And I judge you for what I hear. These assumptions. Um, as I mentioned, um, you know, uh, I'm a recovering man. I'm four plus years, four plus years sober. And a few times I went to... Um, well, no, I, I used to attend a lot of uh, sobriety meetings and I still believe that they're a great tool for anybody seeking recovery, 12-step recovery meetings. So um, I used to go to a few of these and I remember like, um, oh man, you would just hear some of the most crazy shit, you know, like you, 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 as I mentioned, the desperation that people that are turned away from God, turned away from their fellow man, the desperation that these people fall to. Um, you see a lot of women desperate. You can tell they're looking for a man. They're talking all sorts of stupid shit, you know, babbling on about their lives or whatever. I don't want to call it stupid, but 
they're presenting themselves in a way in which they're an easy target. Then you see gay men and they use meetings the very much the same way where it's like, I remember this one guy, he was sharing. Sometimes you're, well, most meetings you can share. You get a share on your issues pertaining to your alcoholism. And I remember this one guy, it was just like, I'm sorry, everyone. I just have to get this off my chest right now. I'm just going through a really hard time. And it's just the loneliness of it all. And sometimes I just looking for a big, burly, hairy chest to lay my head on at night. I just wanted a big, hairy chest to curl up on and lay my head on. Putting out the Robin signal, if you know what I'm saying. Putting out, putting out the bat signal at these fucking recovery meetings. It's just like, desperate. And it's like, it's not that you're lonely. It's not that you're desperate. It's not that you're homosexual. It's not that you're heterosexual. It's nothing. You're swept up in your ego. You're turned away from your fellow man. You can't stand the silence of your own company. And you need to go back to God. Or, uh, you, like you said, go curl up on a hairy man's chest. But whatever, right? <laughs> so the desperation and neediness of the... I've seen uh, straight men do it too. I remember this one guy. He gets up and he's making a speech, you know. And I was... Fought, like, like I said, you know, a lot of times in meetings, you share. And a lot of times, there's a keynote speaker. A person who will go up and do like a 20-minute share to, you know, to tell his or, her, his or her truth to the group and to kick off some discussion on sobriety, right? A lead share, a speaker. So we had this speaker one time, it was the straight guy, and he's up there talking about, you know, I was always bouncing from woman to woman and uh, just, I, I was a cheater and I was this and I was that. And, you know, I, I screwed up my life. I, I burnt down my business. I burnt down my family, my friends. And, you know, I was, you know, who can't relate to that? And then it's a story that you're listening to. You're listening to. Yeah. And then he perks up and he goes, oh, yeah. And by the way, um, I, uh, I finally um, found some closure on my sexual inventory. I was the kind of guy that, like, I... I was always having sex. A lot of women came to me for sex and I was told I was good in bed and, you know, just, I just, I don't know, ever since I can remember, I was just always getting laid and did it. Starts weaving this story about his sexual prowess. Obviously trying to rope in some straggler, you know, some, you know, some stray sheep, you know, advertising putting out the bat signal and just that desperation so the desperations the assumptions that go on uh with the casual sexual artist the person out for casual sex all the assumptions and desperation that comes with it um so I remember one time I was at a recovery meeting and, um, you know, from alcohol and 
there's literature that you have to read. You know, there's literature that we read that affirms some of our beliefs. So I'm reading this literature, and it's at this meeting that, as far as I knew, it was just a normal meeting. You know what I mean? But it was in the um, tail end, no pun intended. It was in the tail end of the gay district in Toronto, Canada, Church Street. So I was attending this meeting. It was at the tail end, no pun intended, the tail end of the gay district. It was like church and... uh, Queen and Church, Queen and Church Street, if you're familiar with Toronto, Canada. So, you know, it's in the tail end of the gay district. Um, It's very much a melting pot. All sorts of people, all sorts of everybody. It's just like a very culturally diverse area. Everybody, everybody, right? So it wasn't like this particularly gay meeting or anything. And at least that's what I thought. You know, I remember one time that I went there and some guy was like talking to me all normal and stuff. And then he's just like, hey, you like baseball? I'm like, yeah, I don't know. No. Oh, yeah. Do you like hockey? I'm like, no. Do you like music? Yeah. Cool. Me too. There's this dance uh, that's going on next week. I don't know. Have you ever been to a dance, Jonathan? You want to go with me to a dance? I was like, what? Uh, Uh, No, I'm cool. I'm just here to be sober and, uh, you know, sober stuff. He's like, oh, okay, well, let me know if you want to go to that dance. I thought it was a little odd. But then later, I'm like, that motherfucker asked me out. Because check this out. I was at that same meeting. And like I said, there's literature that we have to read. And And I'm reading the literature, you know, at this particular meeting. And I get up and I'm blah, 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 blah. I'm reading that I made a mistake. And I'm like, ah, ah, oh, ah, fuck me. <laughs> all the little, all the little, um, you know, queens and, you know, you know, all the little fucking girls and hens. They're just giggling. <laughs> Jonathan said, fuck me. <laughs> Making a big kerfuffle about it. You know, it's like, well, you know, it really wasn't that funny. Like. You know, make it a big deal about it. And then another member of the group, he gets up and he's talking and he goes, And by the way, everyone, I just want to say, Jonathan, that was so funny when you said, fuck me. <laughs> I'm like, actually, no, it wasn't. And like, I mean, think about the double standard. I would have been put in handcuffs if it was the other way around, you know. Some young woman's up there talking and... All of a sudden she goes, oh, fuck me. I made a mistake. Ha ha ha. Ha ha ha. Hey, hey, you know, I thought that was very funny. You want to get fucked, huh? I thought it was so funny when you said, fuck me. <laughs> like if, you know, it's a double standard. It's like, why are you creeping around with this horse shit? So anyway, week later, I returned to the meeting. I'm sitting in a chair. And all of a sudden I feel this hot breath this hot breath and like i think he brushed by my head i felt like his whiskers and this hot breath like on the back of my head and by my earlobe just comes come come rustling up snuck up on me gave me old bums rush no pun intended 
Him and the old bums rush snuck up on me, right? I was sitting in a chair. He sticks his fucking face right up next to mine and goes, oh, Jonathan, fuck me. Oh, that was so funny. Whispering shit in my ear, right? I'm like, huh. I, I lurch back, right? I'm like, huh. Right? And I got up and I left the meeting. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, that's... That's the common ground that the homosexual and the heterosexual man have. It's just like that boundary they often cross. And it's all based in lust. And a lot of it, too, is it's based in this normalcy that we try to portray. The normalcy that, you know, it's cool to, like, you know, in all these coming-of-age comedies or all these, like, you know rock star hip-hop mentality where it's like sex drugs and rock and roll when it's really like you know there's more than meets the eye and it's unacceptable to cross these boundaries and just be a pig and a heathen really and then the acceptability of oh it's pride month we're celebrating gay pride what does that even mean you're celebrating gay sex how do you how do you look a how do you look a child or another adult in the face and go happy pride happy what gay sex no it's the affirmation of this lifestyle the affirmation of your sexual behavior that nobody should really give a fuck about why would i be interested in your sexual behaviors i understand gay rights Everybody has the right to live how they want to live. If that's your alternative lifestyle, cool. But why should it be celebrated and treated as normal when it's anything but? It's a behavior. It's a sexual behavior. Nothing more, nothing less. So anyway, um... I remember um, there was this one, uh, he was a gay man, very regal and old. <laughs> he was like in his 70s and he was, Hi, my name is so-and-so and I'm a gay man. And I used to be an actor in the theater and he'd get up there and orate. And he was a very well-spoken older gay man and it took him a while to realize that coming up as a gay man in the uh 50s it wasn't exactly easy and da -da -da. i found myself in many doohickeys and uh situations and, da -da -da. and he, you know he was a kind of a charmer you know he could really rope you in with the charm he was you know sort of like i said very regal i think he used to wear ascots if i recall i don't really know but he was very charming to an extent. and um, But I remember one time, and this, this is all based around my belief that we live in a world of cynicism, motivated by self-interest. Nobody really cares. It's a cynical world. Cynicism, motivated by self-interest. Nobody really cares. Who cares about gay rights, gay lords? Who cares about Black Lives Matter? 
Black Lives Matter activists. Who cares about feminism? Feminists. You see the trend? Nobody really cares. Everybody's self-interested. And if somebody tells you that they love you and care about you, you can be pretty much guaranteed they're lying in order to get money or power. Isn't the best thing that we can hope to do is mind our own fucking business? Live and let live? Anyway, I'm, I'm sitting at this, uh, it was a meeting. It was actually, um, the meeting had ended, this uh, recovery meeting. We went out for coffee. Everybody sitting on this patio drinking coffee. In walks that gay older thespian that I was talking about, right? And he comes storming in. I can't believe what just happened. I just came back from a anti-pride. I was at the pride march and those bombastic buffoon Black Lives Matter activists came in and tried to disrupt our gay march. How dare they? How dare they? Those radical, despicable, buffoonery Black Lives Matter activists. How dare they? And he was just chewing into it. Going off about it, flipping his fucking wig. Obviously trying to speak indirectly to me. Because he like shuffled up right next to me and was just pompastic. And just going off about it, right? And my whole thing is, like I said, I mean, it ain't nothing particular. It's not like he offended me. I'm not even into Black Lives Matter and all that horse shit. You know, I'm, I just kind of do for myself, mind my own fucking business. So it wasn't so much the black thing. It was the fact that I knew he was angry at black people. I knew he was projecting at me. And I was just, I don't like it when people project at me and talk at me. And if I don't have to be somewhere, I don't be there. So he's blah, 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 going off, right? And I was, I was sitting next to this person. And I was talking to him. Like, I got up. I'm like, I can't listen to this shit. I got to go. And, you know, I was saying bye to everybody, right? And then that fucking thespian fellow thespian really he goes um bye jonathan gives me this fucking evil smile we're all self-motivated self-interested and you know i, I he, he's like a 60 70 year old man swept up in his sexuality and was like yo you're like 40 years past fuckable and well actually i don't know depending on the gay culture they they fuck until the cows come home but like he's like i don't know it's like, like dude like you're so swept up in your sexuality that you don't realize from my opinion it's all ego and you swept up in your lusts and your desires and you're turned away from god and you don't have any common sense in utility. All this time and effort and energy and emotion you put into your sexuality or your race or your gender politics, all this fucking time and energy people put into it when it's like, just do the good normal thing to get good normal results. 
right? Hit me up, jr.thepodcast at gmail.com. And, um, you know, that's what comes to mind. The, the, the parallel in the gay community and the straight community, that desperation and that assumption that the world's our oyster and everybody should want us. What, what do you mean you don't find me sexual desirable? What do you mean you don't find me sexually desirable? It's me. Who wouldn't want to fuck this? You know, that this, this depravity and assumptions and self-absorption and ego that's in this world, whether it be heterosexual or homosexual, casual sex. There's definitely that parallel. That's what kind of comes to mind to me in this time of Pride Month. And, um, you know, I really don't know. I really don't know. I guess where I'm sitting today, it's not for me to... It's not that I have such a emphasis on my beliefs. It's just that... I'm not really for having beliefs shoved down my throat. You know what I mean? I think that we live in a cynical world motivated by self-interest. And the best that we can do is seek our own way and focus on our own business and call it how it is. You know, it's a disservice to the youth to tell them that, you know, to be a man or to be a real woman, you, you must go out and get laid. You must have a girlfriend. You must have a boyfriend. You must be sexually promiscuous. That's a disservice. It's a disservice to our youth to tell them, oh yeah, it's, it's normal to be gay, queer, lesbian, bisexual. It's normal to be just wrapped up with your sexuality when you don't know a damn thing about nothing. You know? Why don't you just do your homework? You know what I mean? It's, it's, a, it's a disservice to, to, to live in our society where we're so ruled by these sexual prowess and sexual lusts and these base sexual needs, whether it be homosexual or heterosexual, when it's like, no, it's all ego, it's all self-serving, and it's based upon nothing. I wish I was told that as a youth. Hey, you know... Sex is about, you know, man and wife and utility of life. And, you know, there's a lot of cost that comes with chasing after lustful sex. And there's a lot of damage that can be done in a person's life, heterosexual or homosexual. Yeah. So hit me up, jr.thepodcast at gmail.com. What are your thoughts and opinions? Hallelujah. Till next time, folks.